Dumas the dog played merrily outside, chasing squirrels, barking at the ghosts floating around in the Ashworth Cemetery next door, all blissfully unaware of the chaos erupting inside Brimblebank's manor. He wagged his tail as he walked in tight circles, preparing to lay down for a nap, when he suddenly caught a stimulating scent. He raced around the house to a back window and stopped short at the sight of a cat resting there. Dumas had seen cats before. He'd snarled at orange cats, teased stripy cats, but never before had he seen a cat with fur as black as his own. As black as midnight. Her eyes were huge and green, and filled with memories of pain, fear, and sorrow. He saw everything she'd been through. The separation from her family, the exploitation by master criminals and witches, and how she lost eight of her nine lives before coming to Brimblebank's Manor. He saw all this, not in detail, but in the emotion left behind. He looked deep into those eyes and said, And midnight, for her part, understood completely. to the inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers Electronic Storytime and our production of Fishers in the Dam. Now check under your seat for your flotation device and hope it keeps you safe and sane as I turn you over to me, the Voxbot 5000, to get you caught up. Lucinda and Millicent Brimblebanks had taken over as new storytellers and new owners of Brimblebanks Manor. Former owners, Bentley and Jameson Brimblebanks, had broken into the basement in order to free Lucinda's ex-fiancé, Tobin, from a monster who had been holding him captive and slowly erasing his once handsome facial features. Caught in the act, the family members were all arguing in the hall when I answered the front door to find the mysterious adversary arrive. This fiend who had been trying to murder the brother since episode 5 had returned to once again try to kill Bentley and Jameson and was now gunning for Lucinda and Millicent too. And it's when the monster came up the stairs. Phew. Let's resume. <laughs> Quiet, monster. Lucinda, you have control over the creature. Of course. That's why I let it loose from its story and why it's been holding Tobin in the basement and destroying his face. My poor face! Silence! In case you forgot, I've come to kill you all. Listen, you one-eyed masked weirdo. My sister just said she has control of this giant scaly beaked monster, so back off or we'll give it another face to destroy. She means you. I know that, you idiot. But really, Millicent... Do you think that's the only monster in this house? Do you mean Bentley? As in metaphorically? I wouldn't disagree. But in this case, I mean literally. Oh, unknowable terror! Hi guys! I was just outside watering the geraniums! It's simply an exquisite day out there in the English countryside! Perhaps you've forgotten, mysterious adversary. But we tamed the unknowable terror after you summoned it to kill us last Halloween. He's been serving as our gardener ever since. Turns out he has a rather green thumb. Well, four green tentacles, actually. Look at you, birth to bathe in the blood of your victims. And here you are playing nursemaid to roses. Oh, I don't like roses. Those nasty thorns are too prickly. Fortunately, I've done some research into your present condition, and I have just the thing to revert you to what you were meant to be. Take a whiff of this. That smell! Venom of the sore-scaled viper. Tears of a mourning mother. The blood of the innocent and young. Good God, its mouth! That's not the beatific smile we gave it. Death! Destruction! You have made me to water flowers and plant seeds. Now I shall water the soil with gore and sow the seeds of horror. Well, I hope you'll still mow the lawn because I'm not doing it. I am Headmistress Kostia, Kosenwi, from the south of London. <laughs> Terror. That was my principal whose head you just ripped off and whose blood you just guzzled. I have very mixed feelings about how you're acting right now. Unknowable. Seize Bentley, Jameson, Lucinda, and Millicent. You forget, adversary. You're not the only one here with a monster at their beck and call. 
Show them what you can do, my creature. My face! Not again! Good lord! There's nothing left of his face at all. Just a smooth flesh surface with a slit for a mouth. My beautiful face. Now, my creature, destroy the unknowable terror. The gardening monster ripped Lucinda's creature from beak to buttocks. Brother Bentley, weren't you just complaining about needing to use the restroom? Uh, that's one problem that sorted itself out. Kill them, my terror! Everyone scatter! It can't grab us all! Ah! However it has grabbed me! Bentley, you maroon! This is no time to grab an umbrella! That isn't the only thing I keep in the umbrella stand here! I trust they taught you swordplay at that boarding school of yours? My favorite subject. Well done! Now everyone scatter! You'll suffer for slicing off my tentacle! Less threatening, more chasing! You didn't run. Is it because you can't see? No, I can see, okay? The skin over my eyes is thin enough. Then why? Because if you want to kill them, I want to help. Excellent. Let's head to the Grand Ballroom. Once he catches his prey, the unknowable terror will meet us there. In the meantime, I have a job for you. Meanwhile, upstairs. Dash it all, Millicent. I was going to run this way. Well, I ran this way first. But only because you're young and nimble. Instead of old and fat. I prefer refined and stocky. Did you see which way it went? Jameson and Lucinda ran the other way down the hallway. I think it went after them first. Well, we've got a little time. Come on in here. But that bedroom belonged to my older brother, Mortimer. Well, he's dead and I live here now, so I took it. The cheek. And I've got some stuff that might come in handy. What an ungodly mess. I know, but if we keep our wits about us, we might survive this yet. No, I mean your room. Don't you ever put any of your dirty clothes in the hamper? Hasn't Foxbot been keeping up with the laundry? I think she's depressed. Why does the psycho want to kill you anyway? Haven't the foggiest. Says he hates the Brimblebanks brothers and the stories we tell. Why does he want to kill you? Haven't the foggiest. I never saw the psychotic Cyclops before today. Probably Lucinda's fault. She's been causing all kinds of trouble for us ever since she fell in love with that stupid boy. Ugh, gross, stupid boys. <laughs> Just you wait a few years, Millicent. I wager you'll feel differently about boys when you're a little older. Uh, I kinda doubt it. You'll see. I'm 16, you twit. I think if I were going to find boys attractive, I would've by now. I doubt you're going to go your whole life without falling in love, Millicent. Wow, you're even stupider than I thought. Just take some of these. A slingshot? Itching powder? I didn't get the chance to use it all before I left school. You are a bit of a miscreant, aren't you? Look, I need a lecture from you like I need- I guess there's something tolerable about you after all. There are some stink bombs in the nightstand. Grab those. This picture. Where did you get it? It was here when I moved in. I thought the lady looked kind of cool in an old-fashioned way. She was. Who was she? Miriam Allison Carraway Brimblebanks. My mother. And Jameson's. And Mortimer's. He must have left this picture behind when he left us. I never knew her. No. She died many years before you were born. I'm sorry, Bentley. Hmm? Oh, I, uh... Yes. Well, thank you. How did she die? Oh, she was cursed. Cursed? No time for that now. We have to keep moving. Blast! It's found us! Little pig, little pig, let me in! We're trapped! Follow me, into the closet! But I just tried to come out of it! What? You've been here with me the whole time! Good lord, you're denser than Proust's prose! Just follow me! There, the hook's still here. If I pull on it like this... There's a hidden passage in my closet hiding a spiral staircase? Welcome to Brimblebanks Manor. Follow me and close that secret door behind you. The monster just broke into my room! Quickly, shut the door! Where do these stairs lead? The game room. Mortimer loves sneaking down here and playing games. He would always beat me at games like Clue and Risk. I'm sorry? No, he'd rather gloat a bit, actually. Anyway, what was this about a curse on your mum? My mother... My mother loved stories. Well, of course. Don't all Brimblebanks? 
But whereas you and I were born as Brimblebanks, my mother chose it, or her heart did, for she fell in love with my father the first time she heard him tell one of his tales. She understood what kind of man he was and the sacred duty that bound him to his home and his calling. My father spent long hours with one foot in the world he created, and even when he was here, pieces of him were there in the stories. But they were happy, I think, because when my mother would listen to the stories, she was transported in her own way. And so it was almost as if they were together, even when he was away. So what went wrong? I remember the first night we met her. Jameson and I sat at father's feet, listening by the fire, mother in the chair nearby, wrapped in a blanket, watching my father with glistening, adoring eyes. <clears throat> you know how it looks when very young children are forced to smile for the camera, but have not yet learned how to fake it convincingly? The edges of their mouths turn up as they bare their teeth, but their eyes always betray whatever emotions they're actually feeling. Usually annoyance at being forced to stand still for photograph, she had the opposite condition. Her eyes were always smiling. Angry, sad, jealous, or even scared. There was always some trace of joy in her eyes. Though most of the time the rest of her face went along with it, she had a crooked little smile that pulled the right corner of her mouth closer to those ever-smiling eyes, closer to the twinkle that seemed to suggest she knew a secret. Or maybe, just maybe, all the secrets there were to know. Was she pretty? Bentley, there are more important things to know about someone. Yes, Mother. She was pretty when it suited her. She was always stylishly dressed, and usually wore black with a narrow silver sword buckled at her waist. But other than that, and the smile in her eyes, she might be anyone. Anyone. She might even be here now. She might even be me, then. I'm casting a spell on Bentley. Mom! Stop! Jameson, you can't be a witch. You're not a girl. Also, be quite and listen to the story. Mom is Mortimer right? Could the witch be me? Your dad just said she might be anyone. Even you. <coughs> even whispers. <laughs> she can be a cat? You're messing up the story. Let dad tell it. Who is she this time, dad? She was a traveling jester. Come to the court of the most evil king in the land. There are so many fictional worlds pressed against our home, against our world, and each one needs some small attention or the barrier can break. And so we move from one world to world, never telling the same story twice, and only very rarely a new story about the same people. But it started to happen that as my father told his stories, moving from world to world and telling tales that needed to be told, the witch reoccurred. I remember the first time it happened, and my mother was delighted by it. She thought my father very witty bringing a character from one story to another. Oh, that's a bit creepy. I don't understand. Was she good or bad? Evil itself. Whatever happened should never have happened. To appear in story after story, she bewitched my father somehow. She used him to find a way into this world, and it finally worked. And after all the time my father spent telling her and bringing her stories into our home, giving her life, how did she show her gratitude when she arrived here? Standing there at our fireplace in the heart of our home? She cursed my mother to die a long and slow and terrible death. And then she fled back into the stories. But why did she curse your mother? Evil. But in the stories about her, did the witch do terrible things? Murder people for no reason? I mean, if your mother liked her so much, could the witch have been that randomly cruel? Millicent, if you are suggesting that my mother bore any sin worthy- No, I'm sorry. I was just trying to understand who the witch was, and- Well, you don't understand. How could you? You're young and always were simple-minded, even as a baby. Many of your early sentences were completely made-up words with no sense of syntax. I don't know why I'm telling you this at all. Bentley, I didn't mean- We shouldn't forget we are being pursued by a tentacle, unknown horror. It's not time for tales. Anyway, we have arrived at the game room now. We can split up from here 
It's preferable to listening to more of your gaga goo goo kaka poo poo baby nonsense. Bentley, wait! Bentley, wait! It's here! How could you know where we'd come out? He knew. Let him go, you slimy interdimensional reject or I'll slingshot a smoke bomb and. It's too awful. Let's listen to something even more awful instead, like a commercial. Finally, from the makers of G, your hair smells terrific, comes a whole line of new products to make you exclaim you are surprised about the way things smell. Like, gosh, your beard smells like hamsters. Boy, your house smells like grandma. Hey, your cat smells like mayonnaise. Your regret smells like victory. Say, your lunch smells like old sailors. Man, your butt smells like french fries. Yikes, your mom smells like creamed corn. Gosh, your blood smells like springtime. Whoa, your Frankenstein's monster smells like a swarm of bees. oop dee doo your low-level yet unrelenting sense of social isolation smells like a spray bottle of dollar store disinfectant. Golly, your gym locker room smells like a prairie dog's dry heaves. Wow, your lips smell like string cheese. Help, your skin smells like rotting flesh. Wait, are, are you okay? No, stay back, stay back, stay back. Somebody help me, somebody help me. to the inscrutable Brimble Banks Brothers Electronic Storytime presentation of Hide and Pain Sight. You were right. An excellent hiding place. Thank you. I have a few. When one is a child who is the youngest of three brothers, one has very good reason for hiding places. When one is a child? But these cookies that are stashed here are still fresh. And this journal of the Anglo-Saxon morbid intellectuals and erstwhile storytellers is only three months old. Oh, there's my jammies! Hand it here. I hadn't finished reading it. Jameson, now! Well, it's important to stay fresh and apprised of the new developments in the field. You should read the issue when I'm done. And then we can discuss the articles together after. Bentley never gives a fig. Oh, pass a cookie. But, Cousin Jameson, there are things trying to kill us! Well, that's bad, yes. But it seems to me we're all stocked up to wait out the siege. Not a bad afternoon at all. Jameson, we're in dreadful danger. We need to protect our house. Your house. But we have a sacred family responsibility to guard the portals to fictional worlds, and I don't trust that man downstairs. You have a sacred responsibility. I have been relieved of my duties. Okay, not yep. Jameson. Having you and Millicent take over a responsibility I thought would be mine until I died has been more than a huge weight lifted. Now I get to see the world outside Brimblebanks Manor. Why, already I've seen the Ancient History Museum and jail. Who knows what tomorrow might bring. But we might not see tomorrow. Ha! This hiding place is utterly unfindable. This is where I hid when father disappeared and Bentley never found me. We're safe as houses. The only real danger I think we face is that someone needs to tell a story downstairs to keep the dam from breaking. But I assume you and Millicent have been doing that right along, so we should have at least till next month. Well, last month we didn't finish the story because we got interrupted by Millicent's school principal. Oh, that's not good. But it, it takes more than one month And to... the month before that, Millicent was supposed to tell the second half of the story, but apparently she got all upset about Tobin being faceless in the basement, and she snuck out to look for you. No, no. That's not good. The walls between the worlds of fiction that surround us will start to break down. Reality itself will lose its substance. So what do we do? 
What do you do? I thought I was already clear about my plan. You can't hide from the walls of reality breaking down, Jameson. Maybe you can't. Guy Fieri looked for me for three whole days, but he... Cousin, how much of your life have you spent in hiding? I feel like that's a trick question. Fine. I'll go find Bentley. He'll help me. Ha! I'm the responsible one. Mom left, and Dad left, and Mortimer left, and then Bentley left. And who was left? Uh, I mean, who didn't left? Leave. Little dutiful Jameson, who would never let anyone down and always did what was asked. Me. What do you mean, everyone left? Well, Mother, it wasn't really her fault, all things considered. What with dying. And Dad had a good reason, because he was trying to save her. He discovered that the same mistake that could lead the witch to exiting her story could allow for someone from our world to slip into a story. Into a story? After the witch cursed my mother, she returned to the story worlds from which she had come. But that was the problem, wasn't it? By that point, she was in so many story worlds that Dad didn't know where to look for her. So he would go and return and go and return. Each time he would assure us that he knew he was getting closer. That he knew he could find the witch and convince her to reverse the curse. And then he would go into another story and not come back for days. And meanwhile, Mom just got sicker and sicker and, and paler and paler. And there was just Mortimer to look after her. Just Mortimer because we were so little. But we would sit with her. Mom, have a bit more of the soup. Now, darling, I'm still quite capable of deciding what I want to eat and what I don't. You need to keep your strength. Oh, I've plenty of that. Now, all of you need to stop your worrying. Because Dad's going to save you? Your father will do what he does and go where he goes. And I'll do what I do and go where I go. That's the only way things can ever be for anyone. What does that mean? Did I ever tell you the story of Eurydice, my darlings? She was a daring adventurer, and she married a great artist. Great like your father is great. They loved one another very much, like your father and I love each other very much. But Eurydice also loved adventures. She wanted to see and know everything. So one day, even though she loved her talented husband, she went on a trip alone to the underworld. Have any of you been there? No. Can we go someday? Well, Eurydice went. And though she didn't know it, her husband followed to go find his wife. It was a very hard journey for him, much harder than it was for her because she had so much experience. But it was his art that made it possible. Who knows what else his art could have accomplished if he'd put it to better use than keeping an eye on his wife, hmm? <coughs> well, good idea or no, after a long, long time traveling through the darkness, he found her. And she said she would come home with him. So it's a happy ending. Would you like me to stop there? Mom, please. This isn't the kind of thing you should be thinking about. No, I want to hear more. Well, the catch was that he was only allowed to bring her home with him if he truly believed in her, truly had faith in her and her love. Did he? Well, <coughs> obviously not. Or what would he have been running around in the underworld scurrying after her for? Maybe she liked it there eating pomegranates and meeting fascinating people. Or maybe she had her own plan for how to come back in her own time. Maybe she just needed a little break from him and all his art. Time to find her own voice. Everyone needs a little break from the people they love. Just like sometimes we can't find Jameson for weeks at a time. No one can find me. Well, maybe we aren't looking. You aren't? Well, I'm loving you, looking or no. So they never got to be together again? Well, not yet. What do you mean? Well, time is long. And who knows what comes after time. So then what did happen to them? Well, no one knows what happened to Eurydice. Because she kept it a secret. And she liked it that way. 
Her husband likes to tell everyone everything about everything, though. So we know what happened to him. He lost his head. Or his head lost him. Mum, that's enough. Mortimer, it's just a story. No, it's not. Nobody's leaving anywhere, right, Mum? Certainly not. Not if we believe in love and one another. Do you? I do. Well, then none of us are going anywhere. Now let's be quiet for a little while. Let's just be next to one another and enjoy it. Jameson, pass me that issue of jammies. Hmm. I had almost forgotten that story she told Lucinda. It's an interesting story, don't you think? Jameson. It wasn't long after that. Maybe I didn't believe enough. Or maybe the witch's magic. Maybe the witch's magic was stronger than... than... I didn't know all of this, Jameson. What a terrible witch. You know that first... We all liked her. The witch. She was funny. She always outsmarted everyone in all of her stories. Sometimes there were characters in the stories that needed to be taught a lesson, and she would always have just the perfect way of teaching them. And she always had so much fun. It didn't matter what the story was, where it took place, she always seemed to be having a delightful time. Skiing in the mountains, eating well at every feast, playing music, dancing, telling jokes, always seeming to go toward where the life was instead of away. Sometimes the story would never have even happened if the witch hadn't insisted on doing something fun, but totally inadvisable. But you know how it is, Lucinda, with stories. They let us spend time with delightful-seeming people who would quite hurt us if they were real in our lives. But your father never found her. He never stopped looking. Even after Mom died, I guess he thought maybe the witch could still bring her back. And he got weaker and weaker and more and more tired and he got confused. He couldn't always keep his stories straight. Or even us. The last time he was here. Hello? I brought fresh cookies. I told you not to come up here. Bentley might follow you and find out where I am. Don't you want to come down? Are you leaving again? I have to. I think I'm close. If I can find her, we might not lose your mother. I don't understand. Mom's... Mom died. How can we not lose? It's hard to explain these things, Colton. You'll just need to trust me that I'm doing what's right for the both of us. Jameson. Hmm? You called me Uncle Dalton again. Yes, yes, Jameson, I... Don't leave. I'll be back as soon as I can, and I hope this time I won't be alone. And we'll... Well, we'll be a family again. Dad. Please? Mortimer will look after you. Mortimer left. Well, when he gets back then. You and Bentley be good in the meantime. I'll leave the cookies. Don't, uh, don't stay up here the whole time. Go play outside. You won't have any stories to tell if all you ever do is sit up here reading. Dad! That was the last time I ever saw my father. Jameson, you were so little. That must have been so terrible. I guess it was. You know, I've never talked about any of it. It feels good to tell someone. Well, if there's more you want to say... Yes. Not today. But I'm glad we got this time together, Lucinda. I know you're a sociopath, but I've always liked you. I wish you would visit more. Although you live here now, so Bentley and I can visit you more often. Jameson, you seem to keep forgetting none of us may survive the night. I would like to make you an offer. I know you want to hide and that you no longer have a sacred duty to the house or the stories. But what if I gave you and Bentley it back? Your duty? No, Lucinda. What my father did with the will was wrong. And Bentley and I should have told you as soon as we found out. The house and the stories are rightfully yours. But I don't think that's true anymore. You and Bentley have both said that it was only telling the stories together that kept you safe and capable. 
I was there, and I saw Grandfather make the decision to give the stories to my father instead of yours. And honestly, Jameson, he just didn't seem to have any reason for the choice at all. And I don't think I could have fulfilled my duty these months without Millicent. What I'm saying is, if things had been just and wise, the stories should have gone to my father and yours, together, as Brimblebank's brothers. And maybe if they had, all of these terrible things would never have happened. Maybe my father and your father could have kept one another safe. From the witch, the curse, all of it. Like you and Bentley have kept one another safe. Like Millicent has been trying to look out for me. Maybe we had all four better look out for each other. It's such dangerous work. We'd all be together? Here? A real family? Jameson, I'm... Like a Brimblebank's family! What are we up here hiding for, my dear cousin? The house and the stories and reality itself are in danger. And we... We have a birthright to protect. A duty to the stories and to the world. So what should we... We're going to face them. They'll never be able to outwit us if we're together. We'll just march right after them and... Hello? Tobin! Oh, knife to my throat, bugger. But how did you find my hiding place? I find that having all of one's five senses burnt off one's face strengthens the sixth faith sense. Cheating. Lucinda, run! Come quietly, Lucinda, downstairs. And don't try anything. Oh, I cut his throat. Ha! Nice try. She's a total sociopath. You were a lover and look what she did to you. I'm just her cousin. Slice away, what does she care? Lucinda, run now. Find Bentley and- I'll come quietly. Don't hurt him. What? But you're sociopathy. Do stop using that word about me. You're not a psychologist, and you don't even know what it means. And he might have been my ill-advised lover, but you're my family. Let's go, Tobin. I'll follow you. I'm not sure Tobin had all his science facts straight about face senses. You know who probably won't know? The science kids. But let's check in with them anyway. Hey, Jody. You look down. I feel down, Jody. Maybe I haven't been getting enough science lately. But, Jody, science is everywhere. Even in the bathroom? Especially in the bathroom. I feel better already. Watching you in the bathroom? I feel even better. That's when science kids feel better. Best of great. What? Let's sing the Science Kids theme song. Science! 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 What's today's topic? Pancakes! Should it be pancakes or hotcakes? Hotcakes or griddles? Griddle cakes or wheat cakes? Wheat cakes or flapjacks? Flapjacks! Yeah! Let's shake on it. Hands, feet, ears, whole body! Shake your body for flapjacks! Shake your flapjacks for body! No! 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 Not okay! Not okay! So how does science make flapjacks? First, you science them from the grocery store where flapjack powder comes in a box. Science. Then you science in some eggs and milk. Science Lee. Next, you turn on your stove. Turn on it when it least suspects. Spend years building up trust between yourself and the stove. Tell the stove you love it more than the toaster and the blender. Then turn on your stove. Turn around, bright eye. Every now and then I fall apart. Now that your stove is broken and crying, Force it to make you flapjacks. But where are we going to get syrup? Use its tears for syrup. Delicious tears of the betrayed. Are flapjacks a healthy part of a balanced breakfast? Are you? Yes. Good. So are flapjacks. Which part of the food pyramid are flapjacks part of? The quadrilateral. Math! Science! Two grape tastes that taste grape together. Did you say grape tastes? Yes. I think I just had a genius idea! For a new kind of flapjack? Yes? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Watermelon pancakes! We'll be millionaires! We'll be trillionaires! We'll be fresh princes of Bel Airs! For, for science! We now return to the inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers electronic story time presentation of One Night and Two Faced. 
<laughs> At last. And now that you're all tied to chairs and gagged with the tentacles of the unknowable terror shoved in your dirty storytelling mouths, we can have some quiet around here. Let us go, you want to... Boss, I don't have enough tentacles to cover all four Brimblebankses. I just got three and a little now. Listen to me. We're out of time. We must tell a story now. I gotta kind of keep rotating to keep them quiet. It will suffice. Whoever you are, if you're going to kill us and destroy the world, can we at least know who you are and what My turn to talk. I have something important to say, and that is, these tentacles taste awful. Don't you ever bathe? No, don't put that back in my mouth. Ridiculous questions. These two brothers already know. But they're as addled and absent-minded as their father. Their brains warped by living in fantasy. And like their mother, they're unwilling to see the truth that's right in front of their faces. They'd rather spin a ridiculous tale about a mysterious and unknowable adversary. I don't understand. Who are you? And what do you... You two cousins haven't lived here as long as Bentley and Jameson, so I know you're not as ill. Do you know who I am? What do you mean? I've never seen you at all, and I know who you are. It's the only thing that makes sense in the story. You're the third Brimblebank's brother. You're Mortimer, turned, and gone madder than pineapple on pizza. But where have you been, and why do you hate them? Why would you... But Mortimer is dead. He fought against the Merkel. No. No, he couldn't. He told me to eat my beets, and he, and he... More father's stories. Better to say lies. Perhaps he told himself he was protecting you. But you must see that he was only protecting himself. You... You can't be him. Take off that mask. You know very well who I am, and you have known from the first. Protect us from what? Take off that mask! From the truth of why I left. Please, the mask. Very well, brother. Mortimer. Mortimer, how can this be? You're dead. You, you volunteered to fight the hordes. I left because he killed her. Because our father killed our mother. Mortimer, you're not well. Father would never... She believed his stories. She wanted to believe them. And she did until the very end. Until she couldn't. And the truth broke her heart. A broken heart, Mortimer? No. It was the curse. The witch. She was cursed by that witch. And she escaped from the stories. We all remember. She didn't escape from any story. You were too young to understand, but I wasn't. I heard how he sounded, how he looked when he talked about that woman, talked about her to mother. And mother was, she would just laugh and ask for more. But whoever that woman was in the stories he was telling, he loved her. Loved, loved a story? She was here. She was here, Jameson, with him like he always wanted her to be. Because she escaped through the... Her... He brought her here so they could be together. No! Dad loved Mom! If he loved her, would he have left her to go search for that woman? To search for her and leave Mom with us to die? He chose her over her mother! You're not remembering right! Father had a sacred duty to the story! Father had a sacred duty to his sick wife! She was already so sick, Bentley. But still, they kept telling us stories. Telling us stories! Saying she was fine. Telling us everything was fine. That she'd always be there. But the doctor told me. It was cancer, Bentley. Cancer? Maybe there would have been a treatment. A real medical way to help her. But they wouldn't face the truth. And if there wasn't any hope at all, he should have at least been there with her. But he spent all of his time spinning that woman's tales. All of his time loving her. And Mother didn't even know. Because she never could resist his stories. 
She always believed everyone. He was fulfilling his duty to save the world. He wasn't with a woman, he was telling. She saw them, Bentley. She saw them together. And then, then it was over. She was gone so quick she just gave up. Oh, the curse. There was never a curse, except the curse on this whole family. The curse of these damn Brimble Bank stories that stop everyone from seeing what is right in front of them. Maybe my mind has gotten weak, like father's. But what I know is, whatever it was that happened, whoever dad was, you left us. You left us, Mortimer. You left me here with all of it. You left me and you stayed away. I did. I'm sorry, Jameson, but I was young. I was only a teenager. Mortimer, look after your brothers. I'll be back as soon as I can and everything will be all right. You're leaving. She's not even in the ground. We can't wait. None of us can. There's no time. It all moves so fast. Now that she's out of your way, you can't even keep up appearances. I didn't floss. Your mother buys the floss. I saw you together. She saw you together. I know where you're really going to find her. Yes, yes, to find her. Of course I am. When you're younger, you'll understand. No, I I mean when I'm younger. You're confusing me, Mortimer. Look, look after your brothers. There's nothing more important than being true to your brother. You can't possibly understand the price of failing that. Don't let them be sad. Don't let them carry this, the loss. Tell them, tell them it will all be okay. No. Mortimer! I won't. I won't do this anymore. Mom is dead, Dad. And you? You are a liar and a terrible person. I'll be back before the next story. But if I'm not, Mortimer, it all falls on you. I never wanted it to, my son. But if I'm not back in time, you must tell the story or the gates. I'm leaving, Dad. And I'm not coming back. That's fine. You have a nice time. And tell your story if it comes to that. And look after your brothers. And don't be sad. What else could I do? I couldn't have taken you with me. And I had to escape. I couldn't live with that man and his lies. Not after mother was gone. I couldn't have saved you too. Not then. But... Dad was right about one thing. The price of... But I promised myself someday I'd come back here and I would. I'd save you. And that is what I am going to do. I am going to save you. Jameson, Bentley, Lucinda, Millicent. There will be no more stories. Uh-oh. Mortimer, there's a fissure opening. And if we don't tell stories... Silence him! Mortimer, cousin, I don't know who to believe about your parents, and I don't know that it's any of my business. But I do know that I have brought a terrible monster out of these stories in this house. And there is another portal opening behind you. There is no portal opening! There is no need for stories! We're going to sit here, and we are going to wait, and you are all going to see... And then, then you will be free. Ask Tobin if there's a fissure. Ask Tobin what can come out of those portals. Oh, I know what can come out of those portals. And I'm counting on whatever it is burning your face off, Lucinda. Or something equally as unpleasant. Once upon a time. No, silence her. Once upon a time. There were two sisters. And two brothers. Three brothers. They were a family with a sacred duty. Stop them! I only got three tentacles. Tobin, shut one of them up permanently. I'd be delighted. What's that? It's me. Boxwood plays the trumpet. And has installed a new sword and flamethrower. I am here to save the day. To defeat the masked man who gave me a virus and almost made me kill my masters. The man who... Hello. Voxbot. Master Mortimer, I never thought I would see you again. I am so happy. The man who tore my head. 
Tobin, you are about to murder them? Indeed. You'll start with me, of course. Oh no, my dear. If I get to choose, I leave you for last. Watch the other three go before you. Your sister you love the most, so we'll wait on that. I caught you with Jameson, so he's probably next closest to you. So let's start with Bentley. Put that knife away, you <laughs> Any last words, Bentley Brimblebanks? Of course. Good kitty. <laughs> oh, not this time, you feculent feline. How dare you strike that cat? If you've hurt her brother or no, I'll cut off your This is the cat that clawed out my eye. I've merely rendered her unconscious. One more blow of my cane, of course, and it will finally be... Oh, stay back! Stay back, you mutt! Good boy, Dumont! Get him! What? Another fissure opening in the There's a city with a blood-red sky! What are we doing? Mortimer! Another one right behind you! Oh my god. It's true. It was... It was all true. Oh, no, don't! It was a... It was a... Oh! Dumont, no! Mortimer! Dumont! He sacrificed himself! They're both... They're both just gone! Another one! With an ocean of stars and... Oh! A spiky vine reaching through! No! Let me go! Let me go! Pulled him through the hole! It's getting worse! Reality's breaking down all around us! Soon all the story worlds will take over ours! <laughs> what? <laughs> right! Right! I have to finish a story! We have to finish a story! Uh, once upon a time, there was. I. Uh, there was. There was. I'm sorry, I can't concentrate on a story with my cat just lying there, not moving. I... Okay, all right. There were... Jameson, you're next. There's no time for a new story. The room will be swallowed in moments. You already told me a story today about your parents, about your family, about your dad and the witch. Just finish But I, I, I don't know how it ends. I don't even know what really happened anymore. Morton remembers one thing in Bentley and Dad something else. How do I know what... I'll finish it. Bentley told me the story too. The point is that what happened, whatever it was, doesn't matter as much as what the two little kids who got left behind did next. They told stories. And they got a cat. They took care of one another and fulfilled their sacred duty. And eventually their cousins joined them to carry the burden. And together, they and Millicent's loyal dog protected not just their world, but many worlds. The end! Did it work? I think maybe it worked. Oh, yes, the tears in space are closing, but oh, Dumas is still on the other side. Dumas! <coughs> yes, come on, boy, come back through! The portal closed, no! You may have finished your stories and closed the rifts in reality, but you still have me to deal with. Now, one by one, I'll devour you. Enough! What? That will be quite enough posturing, if you please. Quake in terror before me. I'll do no such thing. First, you were supposed to be terrible, but my cousins used trickery to make you docile and kind. Then my other cousin used magic to make you terrible and evil again. Well, we can't fight you and we're all out of tricks, so now it's up to you. What is? You choose. If you want to eat us, then go ahead and eat us. I'll call you Cinder. If you want to go back to trimming hedges and watering geraniums, then do that. I... What? Is... Is that an option? It's up to you. Take your revenge or contribute. Be feared or appreciated. 
It's your choice. I never... I... I... I never had a choice before. Well, happy birthday, then. You know, it hasn't rained in a few days. I'm a little worried about the zinnias. Perhaps you'd like to go water them? Yes. With your blood. JK, ah! I'm going to go to my favorite watering can. Bye! Nicely done, Cousin Lucinda. Benley, that was really him. Our brother Mortimer. Yes, and he struck our cat. He can burn in hell. How is Midnight? She's breathing, but very weak. I think... Oh, yes, it looks like she's lost one of her beautiful eyes. I'm going to take it to the vet right away. Thank you, brother. Millicent, would you care to accompany me? My dog. Dumas gone. I know. I I'm sorry. Could you help me with poor Midnight? I have to go after him. We finished the story. We closed the fissures. There's no following. Please... Midnight could still use your help. Millicent, I could use your help. Yes. Yes, I suppose. Thank you, dear cousin. Lucinda, we have best... best tend to Voxbot. What happened to her? I imagine something not altogether different than what happened to me. Jameson? He was here. He came back. And now he's gone again. Are you okay? He wasn't as nice as I remember him. No. Maybe no one is. Jameson, from the stories you told me, I can tell that your parents both loved you and Bentley so... We had best wrap up that story, hadn't we? To make sure those gateways are all the way closed. Voxbot isn't going to do it, but it's quite necessary. Sacred duty and all of that. Yes, we'll do it together. been the inscrutable Brimblebanks Brothers Electronic Storytime's presentation of Family Rifts, or Fissures in the Dam, written by Justin Vitovic and Brody H. Brocky, and starring Brody H. Brocky as Bentley Brimblebanks, Justin Vitovic as Jameson Brimblebanks, Colleen Stano as Lucinda Brimblebanks, Leah Bauer as Millicent Brimblebanks, Jarrett Hoffert as Mad Mortimer, the formerly mysterious adversary, Claire Fry as Miriam Carraway Brimblebanks, Peter Danug as Tobin and Young Mortimer. Ryan and Wilcox as Aloysius Brimblebanks. And Lisa Gavin as Headmistress Costia Carsonweeb. The Science Kids Learn About Flapjacks was written by Brody H. Brocky and starred Hala Alloway as Jody and Amanda Birch as Dodie. This episode's commercial was Gee, Your Commercial Smells Like Desperation. Written by Brody H. Brocky and starring David Melcher and Christina Holder with Grayson Wilcox. Check out Claire Fry's website at loudandclear.com. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and like us on Facebook to bolster our fragile egos. And come back next month for four Halloween stories. Short Halloween tales each week in October with a special Brimblebanks flavor. Until next time, here's the Voxbot 5000 saying... Nope, still nothing. We better go work on that. Mm.